Welcome to Want Her, a community-driven podcast for the like-minded female, passionate about creativity, self-discovery, and letting out that inner weird. Brought to your ear holes by two cross-country friends, we want to project one thing. Self-discovery is a lifelong journey, and one that should be fun experiencing. Here, no topic is off-limits. We're just like you, striving for connection, laughter, and the continual reminder that we can actually be whatever the f*** we want. Here's Olivia and Sandy. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Wand Earth. Woohoo. This episode has another female guest, which we're super excited <gasps> to chat with. Her name is Carolyn, and yes. Sandy knows her. So we'll let you guys kind of talk about how you know each other, and then we're going to start with a game, okay? Yes. How we know each other is um, my husband went to school college with your brother-in-law right and then we all became friends me julian james and alex we're really close we live right by each other and get together once a week and carolyn and i have been following each other and i took engagement pictures for them last summer so it's a full circle (laughs) beautiful photos by the way (laughs) And she lives now in my hometown, which is crazy enough. (laughs) So crazy when she's not from Annie (laughs) Go. So real quick, just to like really give a good um, introduction of who you are and kind of the topic that we'll dive into Mm -hmm. here shortly. Mm -hmm. Give us a little quick hello and kind of what you do, Carolyn. Yeah. So I'm Carolyn. I'm a registered dietitian and personal trainer. And in the moment, it's kind of transpired over several years, but in the moment I focus mainly on like women's health. So in relation to like metabolism, hormones, gut health, all of that stuff um, is really my jam. So yeah, I'm super excited to get into this topic. Yeah, me too. And you just went full time within the last year, right? Oh, that's exciting. November. So still new to that as well. (laughs) Yes. Figuring all that out is fun. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to do a quick game to kind of like ease any nerves that we have, but also like Sandy and I love emphasizing that weird is cool and embracing quirks on the podcast. So we thought this game would be really fun for that. So in dealing with hormones that all women deal with, monthly with our cycles and PMS, I thought it would be funny to share and chat about like a specific PMS moment that you think back on and laugh to yourself, whether it's like (laughs) you ate something really weird that any other time of the month would be like gross or just like not on your radar cravings. Or if like you cried at something that really you normally wouldn't have, if you have anything like that, we would love to hear it. Sandy, yeah. if you have one in mind, uh-huh. whoever wants to go first can go first. You can go first, Sandy. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Um, it doesn't recently, even have to be big. Yeah. Yeah. Recently, it's just been a weird craving for me is bread and butter pickles. And I usually never like those. It just, Ew. I wanted them out of the blue. Exactly. And I'm yeah, I craved them and I think they're still in the fridge. I ate a few and you know. They're just your pre period pickles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Carolyn. Go ahead. 
I was going to say, I don't get like really bizarre cravings or anything. It's not like something that like, oh, I never have this and now I want it. I'm definitely like a sweets girl though. So mm-hmm. I love my chocolate and anything like related to that for sure. Me too. I yeah. get that. <laughs> um, I usually have like a pretty set map that I've started to recognize more as I'm older and more like attuned to what's happening in my body. Like a week and a half before the period is when I'll start like really craving carbs. And then as I get closer Mm. to it'll be sweets, but I don't know if it's a new thing or I've just like not realized that it's out on the shelves is like, you can buy bottles of the Chick-fil-A sauce. Mm. (laughs) I love that. And like, I will find myself doing this. And in the moment when I'm literally eating the, I, I use it as like a, instead of like crackers and peanut butter, I'll take like crackers and just squirt Chick-fil-A sauce on it. And then I like take a bite and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, yeah, this is my PMS coming out. I just love that stuff. It is so bad. I do too. I do too. It's so bad, the calorie count, but like, holy crap, it is so good. It's so good. (laughs) I'm on on crackers. (laughs) I bet it would be good with pickles too, honestly. I love pickles. Me too. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> I love so thanks, that. Thanks for indulging us. I'm sure yeah. that I could probably think of some more. So maybe if something comes up, I'll, I'll just be like, yeah. hey, pause. I have another one because I'm <laughs> pretty all over the place when it comes to PMS. But Carolyn, yeah. let's kind of shift into you and your story and yeah. talking to you and kind of going back and forth and setting up for scheduling the podcast. You said that you have like some personal story related to how you kind of got into that whatever you're comfortable with sharing Mm -hmm. as far as that goes, we'd love to kind of hear what made you so passionate about it. Definitely. So I'm in pretty open book. And if anybody like follows me on my page, you can kind of see this as well. But going way back to the very beginning, kind of what prompted me to even become a dietitian was when I was in health class in high school, we were learning about nutrition. And I was like, Oh, this is super cool. Like I can do this and this and this with it. Had a somewhat of an idea of what I wanted to do. I was like really big into swimming at the time. So at that time I was like, Oh, I'll just be a sports dietitian. So I'm going through school and everything ended up not, um, not going that route at all. But throughout that process, I started like really kind of like having some body image issues and like Mm -hmm. restricting my food and trying to always like eat less and move more, like working out all the time, even when I was an athlete, like I still didn't quite have the body composition that I wanted. So flash forward a few years, um, I did end up getting a job in the clinical setting, which was very valuable, but I did recognize that I, I want to be more on like the prevention side of things, um, versus like treating things after they had already mm. happened. So you know, COVID happened. Um, and at that time I was like, okay, I, I feel like I want to do something else and kind of pivot. So that's when I started my own business working mainly with fat loss clients, because throughout this entire time, throughout my, you know, schooling and internship and all of that stuff, I was kind of putting the pieces together as to like what actual good nutrition is, like, what do you need for exercise and like the right amounts and the type and all of that stuff. So I was kind of doing like this personal, like exploration and journey throughout this process as well. And I was like, I want to help other women do this too. So I launched my business and at first I was just focused on fat loss, but 
I did notice that a lot of my clients had some like weight loss resistance, fat loss resistance, and they were like, they were really putting in the work and they were doing all of the things that they should have been doing. I'm like, why isn't this working? So Mm -hmm. um, that kind of led me down a different route into more of like the functional health space, functional nutrition, and really digging deep and getting to like the root cause of like why people are experiencing not just like fat loss resistance, but it also was kind of like leading me into like the gut and hormone space as well. So another layer into this, it's kind of a a long story, but another layer is a couple years ago, um, I did go off of birth control after being on it for seven years, just doing, you know, research. And of course it's everybody's like own personal decision and you have to do what's right for you. So I felt at the time this was right for me. And so since then, I've kind of been like on this post birth control journey, which also leads into like the functional health. I've dealt with all sorts of things from issues with my thyroid to mold toxicity to issues with my gut, autoimmune conditions, um, cortisol issues. There's just like pretty much been through every single thing. Um, and so that's why with my own experience, I'm so passionate about it. I'm like, I don't want anybody else to either have to deal with this or if they are dealing with this, like going through it alone. Um, so I've mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's come full circle really. And just like looking at like, okay, what, what is health and like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, that's, so cool. that's it's really cool. I think it's really fun to hear stories, especially with women where they're like, this is my personal experience. So I want to do what I can to help other people in this situation. I think that makes for a really good business. And like, I'm excited to kind of hear more about that. But when you say functional health, is that like, what is your definition of that? Is that applying what you can to like your everyday life and making it work for you? Is, is that correct in my thinking? It's a little bit like that. Like, yes, I do feel like nutrition and lifestyle and all these things are definitely very personalized. More so when I'm saying functional health is we're taking like the normal standard ranges of things and Mm -hmm. say like, say for example, um, you know, you go to your doctor, you're complaining of like really heavy bleeds on your period, you're having migraines, you're having severe cramping, but they do blood work and everything comes back quote unquote normal functional Mm -hmm. health it a step further. And it's like, okay, your body is having these symptoms. Like there's a reason why these symptoms are happening. So it's kind of digging deeper and like getting your body into a more like optimal state of health. Um, so that you're able to not just like look your best, but also feel your best at the same time. So it really kind of dives deep into like the nitty gritty of like optimizing your gut, optimizing your metabolism, optimizing your hormones so that you're ultimately like optimizing the way that you live your life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, when you, I know that you were on birth control and I think for mm-hmm. both of us, we were as well and we've come yeah. off of it. Were you having issues with your own um, cycle, like hormones and stuff, heavy periods, difficult periods before the birth control? Or do you feel like the issues were maybe post birth control? I think it was a combination of things. Mm -hmm. So definitely before I was even on birth control. So I, I skipped this part of the story, but it's a good point where I was 16 when I first got put on the pill for like, I went on it for like a month. Um, because they, 
I went into the doctor and I was like, I'm having really irregular cycles. Like it would be like six months between periods. So like a very extended period of time. Um, and whenever I did have them, it would be pretty heavy bleeding, pretty Mm -hmm. severe cramping. Um, so I was dealing with some symptoms, you know, prior to even going on, I kind of went off because I didn't like the side effects of it. Mm -hmm. And then a few years later, I was actually, um, put on the Mirena IUD. So I actually didn't have bleeding while on that. Um, and I did the first five years of that. And then I got another one for another two years. And that's kind of when I decided like, okay, it's time to come off. But when I was on it, um, I didn't have any issues with like the actual bleeding, but it was more so I think that my body was just like super inflamed looking back on it. Um, and I think that was a major, major issue for me. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, it's cool that we're talking about this because at least from what I've seen on like my algorithm of social media is only in the last few years, it's been talked about more about like birth control is bad for you. Mm -hmm. And even just if you're not on it and as a young girl, the idea of like your periods are not supposed to be this severe, like debilitating cramps and stuff like that. So even just shedding light on, you know, you're this isn't the normal for you. It is like really, really empowering and motivating mm-hmm. for, for, you know, any age of women that's still in this like hormonal time, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I think like for me, like when I was 16, like I wasn't actually using it for birth control. Like oh, sure, I was yeah. quote unquote, like regulate my cycles, which it doesn't necessarily do. And for me, it's not so much the issue of like taking the birth control. Like if somebody wants to do that and they're aware of like, you know, potential side effects and how it's affecting them and all of those things, like, and you still decide that that's for you, like by all means go for it. You can definitely support your body while on it, but I wasn't necessarily educated on it. And so then, you know, flash forward like seven years and then I've been off of it for two years and I'm still having like residual effects from it. Like Mm -hmm. that is more so just like the lack of education around it and like what it's actually doing is more so the the problem that I have with it. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. What are like some of those residual effects that you've just noticed? Yeah, I'm, after you I'm curious on? too, because mm-hmm. I'm about the same time post birth control that you are. Mm-hmm. So I went through a series of different things. So when I first came off, um, I was definitely holding on to some extra weight. I was dealing with um, really high estrogen levels in combination Mm -hmm. with super low progesterone levels. So my progesterone, when I did blood work the first time, was 0.8. And for uh, reference, less than 0.5 is, uh, or 0.5 is like postmenopausal type levels. So I was pretty much borderline, like my hormones were, were not in a good place. Um, so I had some elevated cortisol at the time as well. Um, I think just from like the constant, like inflammation and not supporting my body while on it. So I was actually able to correct those things for the most part. Um, my progesterone increased, it wasn't quite optimal, but it definitely like increased a ton. My estrogen came down, my cortisol came down, Um, and then I was kind of like, uh, I still feel like something's off. So that led me when I was doing more like education and research and stuff to go more into like stool testing. So Mm -hmm. I figured out that I did have some like 
what's termed dysbiosis. So I had some overgrowth of bad bacteria and then also some uh, low levels of the good bacteria. So I went through that. Things seemed to get better. Then I dealt with, uh, we figured out that we had mold in our house. So mold very like systemic, like inflammatory type thing. So this was a year post birth. So a lot of times if people are dealing with this, if you've been exposed to mold, like even five years ago, it can, if you're not doing something to get out, it can still stay in your system and you can do all of the things. Like if you're in an estrogen dominant state or whatever it may be, you can try and fix those things. But until you correct that mold issue and the mycotoxins that are being released, it's not going to make that much of a difference. So mm-hmm. went through that. Um, at the same time, it was a pretty stressful year, which we, we can kind of talk about stress um, mm-hmm. later on as well. But stress was definitely playing a factor. I was able to get the mold down. Um, but at this point, I was you know working several jobs, trying to get my business off the ground. It was just a very stressful year. So by the mm-hmm. time I left my job in November, um, I was in a very like very depleted state in terms of cortisol. So I actually had low cortisol at that point, which happens after like prolonged chronic stress, whether it's mental or physical or whatever. So went through all that. Um, And then I was starting to feel better in February. I got COVID um, for the second time and that sets off a whole bunch of things. So I think with my like depleted cortisol levels and everything else, um, I kind of developed some like autoimmune type things. So Mm -hmm. now I'm still working through that. So it's kind of been, you know, like you go through like these different phases and you can definitely correct some of these things. But I do feel like just the chronic stress from it all is still like kind of playing into those residual effects. So if we could, for anybody that's listening and feel free to cut me off if you're like, this is above my, you know, what (laughs) I do with this, but let's talk a little bit about, I'm hearing you say like estrogen, progesterone and cortisol a lot. So if we can break it down for people that are like, this is my Mm -hmm. first time listening about anything related to that. Why are they important? Like which one does what, however you can kind of explain it for the lay person. Let's do that. Definitely. Yeah. And sometimes I forget about that and just like talking about different hormones that not everybody is as well versed into that. So it's a good totally reminder. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's important to recognize, like, I think we hear like estrogen dominance and we're like, oh my gosh, estrogen is so like bad for you and, and whatever it may be. Um, but it's important to have these hormones like in the right quantities. So it's kind of like what I term like the Goldilocks effect. You don't want too much. You don't want too little. So mm-hmm. um, in a typical or like a, a normal menstrual cycle, the first half of your f- cycle is going to be primarily like um, more dominant in the hormone estrogen. It doesn't mean that your estrogen is high. It just means it's the more dominant one in relation to progesterone. Mm-hmm. Then if you're ovulating, you'll have an estrogen surge. Um, And that's kind of where progesterone will take over into your second half of your cycle, which is known as your luteal phase. Um, And then you'll go, you'll bleed, and then you'll start your new cycle. So that's kind of how they're fluctuating throughout um, throughout your cycle. Um, And ovulation is important regardless of if you do want to get pregnant now or ever, or even if you never want to have kids, there's tons of health benefits to being able to ovulate. And if your body's ovulating on a regular basis, um, cortisol, on the other hand, in, and that's another one where people 
I think a lot of times people hear like high cortisol and it contributes to belly fat and it's kind of demonized. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a super important hormone. Um, it's, it's a stress hormone. Um, but again, we want it in the right quantities. So in the morning, you're, if you're on a regular like cortisol type pattern, your uh, cortisol is going to be rising. And then about an hour or two after you wake up, it's going to peak and then it's going to slowly come down throughout the day. Mm -hmm. If you were like me, when I was in that really like depleted, burned out state where my cortisol was flat, I was completely exhausted all the time. It didn't matter how much sleep I got. I was still feeling tired. You can also have issues with, um, you know, insomnia with it can cause issues with blood, blood sugar dysregulation, like waking up from like that one to 3am mark. Um, that can be a a problem with low cortisol as well. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where like we hear the word hormones and hormone balancing. And like, we hear a lot of like those polarizing topics, but it's important to remember that a lot of these things are definitely necessary and they're needed. It's just a matter of like having them in the right quantities and amounts. Does that help? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that was good. And I, I guess I have a a question. Um, How did you because I'm hearing you say like, I did this blood work and I did this stool testing, which Sandy, you're aware that's poop. (laughs) Yes. I just wanted to make sure because I know that's a term I hear a lot with nursing. How did you advocate for yourself? Or how can a regular person that's like, I think something's going wrong with my hormones, I'd like to look into that further. How were you able to advocate for yourself to get those answers? So for me, myself, I have like the education and background, it's it's actually not something that we're taught in like traditional, like when you're becoming a dietitian, nothing in school. So this was all like, post-grad type things and and pretty much like self-taught. Um, through like different courses and stuff that I took and research and then also just applying it to myself, applying it to my clients. So I would say if you currently don't have a provider that's on board, you can definitely like obviously advocate for yourself, search around, maybe find a provider that's a better fit for you that might be willing to dig a little bit deeper into like Mm -hmm. why you're having these symptoms and like what's going on. I would say that like things like, um, the stool testing. And I also do, um, hormone testing through like Dutch testing, which is a dried, it's a, uh, dried urine test for comprehensive hormones is what the Dutch stands for. Um, so it shows like not just the hormone level, but it shows the metabolism and breakdown of that hormone. So sometimes people can have normal hormone levels, but they're having issues with the metabolization of it. So things like that, um, like Dutch testing and stool testing. And I also do a hair test that looks at your mineral status for three months. Those are things that you likely are going to have to resort to like a functional provider or somebody that's, that's going to run those tests. A lot of like conventional medicine, they don't typically look at things like that. Mm -hmm. It's more so if you're wanting to dig a little bit deeper, you're not getting the answers that you're looking for some type of testing like that, I would definitely recommend working with a provider because a lot of the steps and actions you need to take after you get those results and interpreting those results are pretty complex. So Mm -hmm. I even have somebody like look over my stuff, even though I know, you know, what I'm doing. I'm like, just a second eye, just to make sure that I'm missing anything because it's hard when you're in it yourself. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. Let's uh sorry Sandy, I'm like taking over the conversation. <laughs> no, I'm just like soaking all this in. I love it. <laughs> I have a question, like if anybody is listening and they don't know anything about it. I know we talked a little bit mm-hmm. about how like if your hormones are kind of out of whack, you can experience symptoms like being fatigued throughout the day, no matter how much sleep you get, waking up at odd times, like mm-hmm. what else can kind of be going on that may be showing that there's some irregularities that you may need to look into? Well, just in terms of like your monthly cycle, I mean, noticing, I would definitely recommend like tracking your cycle, taking note of any changes that might be occurring. If it's just like a one month thing, then I wouldn't worry about it. But if it's like a repeating trend, I would definitely take note. We talk a lot about heavy bleeding, but light bleeding. So like a period of like one or two days long, that's not Mm -hmm. good either. Um, And just really like, body literacy and being aware of like what your body's doing. Other things that people think are normal, but are not, and you can actually do something about are like very consistent and chronic bloating, um, digestive issues, you know, constipation, diarrhea. For those of you that don't know, for daily bowel movements, you should be going one to three times per day. I get a lot of ladies that Mm -hmm. say like, oh, I'm only going twice a week, but that's normal for me. I'm like, well, just because it's normal for you does not mean it's normal. Um, (laughs) So just so people kind of know that, Mm -hmm. um, let's see what else things like, I don't know if I mentioned migraines, headaches, um, Mm -hmm. food intolerances are a big one. Um, unless Mm -hmm. you're like, obviously if you're allergic to something, that's a different story. But if you're noticing having reactions to like lots of food, um, that's something that can definitely be addressed. It's not normal. You should be able to eat you know, majority of foods, as long as it's not like peanuts where you're having like anaphylactic shock or something like that. (laughs) Um, trying to think if there's, there's all sorts of things from down to like cravings or, you know, you're wanting sugar, lots of salt. Um, just really paying attention to like the signs that your body's giving you. I think a lot of people are just going through their lives. Understandably, we have so much going on, but we're just like going from one thing to the next, to the next. And we're not, you know, getting in tune with what's actually going on and what our body is trying to tell us. Yeah. If, if I can like tell a little bit of a personal story real quick, Mm -hmm. when I first decided, like, I want to come off of birth control, it was a lot of like the mental side effects that I was having. And within like Mm -hmm. a couple days of coming off of it, I noticed immediately that I was able to be like more present in the moment, if that makes sense. Like I just felt more like in my body, in tune with my feelings, in control of my feelings. But I did a natural cycle where it's like fertility awareness method, but it's like I wear a thermometer when I sleep and I can see my temperature shifting throughout my cycle. Um, But even just trying to be super educated with my own gynecologist and telling her that I didn't want to be on any kind of birth control method did not go the way that I anticipated. I thought that I would be advocating for myself and getting more information and hearing other options that I potentially didn't know about and that she would be listening to me. And I would just like to point out that anybody that's listening or getting started on this, like you really do have to be your own advocate because I left that conversation feeling not listened to. And almost like I was reminded that the, and being a part of the medical industry, I was almost upset because it's like, 
These doctors are paid, they get their livelihood off of selling medication. So like mm-hmm. hearing them or hearing you as a patient being like, I don't want any of it. I almost was like, it was a light bulb moment. Cause I was like, this is the doctor. They know what's best. Wow. And I kept saying like, this isn't what I want. I'm having symptoms, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't want to try something new like that. I want to do something natural. And mm-hmm. I basically was told, well, you should start prenatals because you're likely going to end up pregnant when like, that's so out. Not okay to say number one, and so not true. I'm two years later, and it's like, yeah, condoms can break, but like, I also feel so much better mentally and physically. Yeah. That's like, I'm still sitting with that comment with like frustration for sure. Yeah, it's so funny that you say that because it sounds like almost identical to the conversation that I had, and for me. Wow. I wasn't on a pill, so I had to actually like go into the office and they had to take it out of me. Yeah. So it was it was just a super frustrating conversation and they made me feel like not very smart, like I was making the wrong choice and they said the same thing to me like you are going to be pregnant within a year and you know oh gosh. with you like here we are 2 years later and no baby yet. Yeah. <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> yeah, it just makes me sad for like wow. younger me. Mm-hmm. And like younger girls that are getting into this younger and younger, you know, whatever the reason they're going on these methods is their own business. But like, it just makes me sad because I was like, so afraid to start to begin with. And then I realized while I was on it that like, this isn't really working for me, but I didn't feel like I had a lot of education or like openness with communication to be like, that's okay. If you want to come off with it off of it, and you will be okay if you want to come off of it. So I think what you're doing is really awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I love the fertility awareness method and that you mentioned that. I wear the armband too. Oh, um, so it syncs right to my phone. Um, but it's important, like, if you do want to come off, like, definitely make sure that you are tracking your cycles and that you're tracking other things too, um, you know, like the cervical fluid, your body temp changes. Because a lot of times people think, you know, like, oh, this is the you know, only time that I can get pregnant, but they're not like Mm -hmm. monitoring those other things. And so you really want to make sure that you're, you know, exactly what's going on. If your goal is pregnancy prevention, it can also be useful if you do want to get pregnant and conceive as well. So it's kind of cool that you use it for both ways. Oh, cool. Is there a certain brand that you guys use or like, I have no idea for the armband. (laughs) Well, I think I go ahead, Carolyn. Temp drop. Yeah. Is that the one? Yeah, yeah, I do too. I took a class through, uh, I found her on through another podcast. She's in Canada. Uh, her name's Natalie and, um, I want to get her on the podcast so Mm -hmm. bad to talk about, about it specifically. I got my friend Marissa to take the class too. And like, I learned so much about the hormones too. And not just like, this is what's actively happening in your body. Like, with your ovulation and like literally my ovaries and stuff like that. So it just like makes you out to be a a whole human instead of just like a thing that can reproduce, which for me, I was like, I appreciate that. So it's, it's really cool talking to women that are like on the same wavelength about stuff like that. Cause I feel like we're so, especially with like the male dominated doctors and stuff there. It's so much like you come in with, anxiety or 
or a symptom of something that's causing anxiety and they're just like, oh, it's just anxiety, you know, you'll get over it. And I don't know. I just think that you really have to be your own advocate. So it's, again, I'm going to say this till I'm blue in the face. I think it's really cool what you're doing and the fact that you're like really passionate about helping women specifically in doing that. So let's (laughs) shift in a little bit to kind of talk about if people were willing or wanting to reach out to you, what do your services specifically look like as a client to like coach or dietitian person look like? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I have a few different options. I have one new option, which, you know, ties in perfectly to this podcast, but um, it's called breaking up with birth control. And so it's a new thing that I am currently launching. We start on June 19th of 2023, whenever this comes out. Um, but that's basically going to walk you through like everything that I've been researching for the last two years, everything that I wish I would have known before I came off, or even if you already are off and are dealing with some sort of like side effects or irregular cycles, whatever it may be. It's also great if you just want to work on your hormones, if you're hoping to conceive. So even though it says like birth control in the title, you don't necessarily have to, if you're on it, you don't have to come off. You can still learn to support your body while on it. Um, You can choose to come off or if you're already off or even if you've never taken and just want to learn more about like optimizing your cycle and hormones and things like that. So that's a 12 week program. I'm really excited about it. I have a few ladies signed up already. Um, and right now there is an early bird, um, special for that too. So if anybody's interested, just reach out to me for that. And then if you are looking for more like one-to-one support, really wanting that like high touch, um, maybe a lot of handholding, or you have a lot of like really personal things that you're wanting to have somebody guide you through. I do have my one-to-one coaching, Um, which is either a nutrition only option, or I have a nutrition and fitness option as well. And we would have um, check-ins every other week. There's lots of other features. I'm a big fan of like really educating and empowering my clients so that eventually down the line, they don't need me anymore. They can just, you know, continue all of this on their own. And then my third option is if you're like, I'm fine with doing things on my own. I don't really need that accountability. Um, I don't need any like further education or anything like that. I do do um, functional consults. So any of those Mm -hmm. tests that I mentioned earlier, um, we'll go through the test together. You'll have everything recorded so you don't forget anything. And it'll all be specific to you. Like it'll give you everything from nutrition to lifestyle to exercise, all of the recommendations um, and what to actually do with those results and apply them. Wow. I love that you offer all those options. That's awesome. Yeah. It's perfect for everyone. (laughs) Um, I have a question. I know that you probably have had education about like, oh, I know automatically like this is the type of thing that I wouldn't put into my body when it comes to like food. Mm. Uh, Do you pay attention to certain like beauty products or things like that as well? Mm. Like, or is there an app that you use to kind of like, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. This is something else too, that can kind of lead you down a spiral. I feel like like you're diving into like hormonal health and all of these things. It's like, I didn't know about this and this and this. Um, So before I even say like the app, I just want people to know that like, 
once you start taking a look at your environment, you might notice that there are a lot of things that could probably be improved, but it's important to remember to not get overwhelmed by it. And I always mm-hmm. say like, if you're wanting to swap out products or anything, that's perfectly fine. But a lot of times it's overwhelming to do it all at once. So as you run out of something, just replace it and research something that's a little bit cleaner. Mm-hmm. So I like to use the Think Dirty app. I think it's super helpful. You can scan barcodes. It doesn't have everything in there, um, but it does have a pretty good variety. And you can also like search for, for other things in there too. Awesome. My, I have a friend. I'm. Did you just write it down? I did too. <laughs> I have a friend that um, has PCOS and she's on this like hormonal journey to try and figure herself mm-hmm. out and regulate herself. And she just showed me when we were camping the other weekend, this app, where is it at? Yuka? Yucca? I don't know how good it is. It's Y-U-K-A and you can scan it and it gives like recommendations for replacement products too, which I thought was cool. And I like haven't dive deep into it at all, but, um, I thought that that was really neat too. So look into it if it's, you know, I don't even know if it's like super reliable, but I just thought the fact that it gave recommendations to replace certain products. Was is cool. Cool. So, um, really quickly, cause I, I love that this conversation has kind of shifted into like, we're all mm-hmm. anti-birth control. <laughs> um, Can you give any specific details, whether it's like, this is what's actually happening in your body? I guess it would kind of have to be that. Why? Okay. I guess, hold on. I'm just getting really excited and delayed. come back into myself. (laughs) We all understand that our hormones are very, like things are happening during our cycle. What is birth control doing to the body in regards to those hormones that make it so negative or so Mm -hmm. like bad to be going on for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the key word that you said there is a long period of time. Like if you take control for one month, probably not a big deal, but you don't know many people that do that. It's usually on end. So in terms of the hormone piece, a lot of times it's disconnecting that connection between your ovaries and your brain And so hormone production is shutting down. That's to prevent pregnancy. So depends on what type, but majority of different types of birth control are suppressing ovulation um, Mm -hmm. or things like um, the IUDs and things like that. You can still ovulate on them, but they are suppressing um, or stopping your cervical mucus or cervical fluid. Mm -hmm. That's what helps like host the sperm and helps it swim up if it's, um, you know, in a healthy place. So I would say from a hormone standpoint, it's really just, it's, it's suppressing those hormones. And I've, I've done blood work on clients. I wouldn't say like you should test your hormones. It was just kind of part of the package, but I've done blood work on clients for other things. And it had those hormones in there while they were on birth control. And it was severely suppressed. Progesterone was like mm-hmm. 0.1. Testosterone was very low as well, which if you're you know, looking at body composition and energy issues, that's, that plays a huge role with that. Um, and a lot of times too, I will say though, estrogen sometimes though is higher, um, which can sometimes lead to, to other issues as well. But from a non-hormonal perspective, it definitely is um, known to alter your gut in a negative way. 
it can affect um, how you are absorbing types of nutrients so like malabsorption of nutrients or your nutrient needs are much higher and most people can't get that through the diet um, has been associated with um, low libido which I think is kind of ironic if you're using it for birth control yeah <laughs> um, things like that uh, are definitely correlated with it even things like anxiety and depression and things like mm. that yeah I had a roommate in college that had to go off of a specific kind of birth oh. control because it was causing her to have suicidal thoughts like, oh my gosh yeah and the fact that men just don't have to worry about this and it's oh, just definitely. all on the woman's shoulders like that makes me so enraged. <laughs> right. I was just reading something and it's like men are fertile every single day, all yes. the time. Women are fertile, which I never knew. I right. never knew women are only fertile for a maximum of like six days out of the month, yes. which is crazy. Uh-huh. We were never taught that, but a little side Yeah, note. exactly. Like all of this is new to me for sure. <laughs> I'm coming from a Christian childhood. So like I get that there's an element of like, don't have sex before you're married because you're so like when you're young, you don't like pay attention to certain things. You don't have the education to understand that. Like I'm only going to get pregnant at this amount of time. So I literally didn't know that either until I took that class. I thought it was like anytime I had sex, no matter when I was in my cycle, I was going to get pregnant. (laughs) Like when I tell you I was a nurse and I was still stupid, I was like, I'm going to get pregnant. Um, like from sitting on a toilet seat, like (laughs) the anxiety was so strong because of my childhood, you know? So I just think there needs to be a lot more education and like openness with it all. So I appreciate mm-hmm. you sharing. Yeah. Which, we... And you do incredible on your Instagram, social media accounts of sharing that and sharing so much. So I love that. <laughs> yeah. Before we like go through each one, cause I, I might've missed if you shared the specific name of your social media page, but let's talk. Cause I'm curious and I think this might be really fun. Mm-hmm. with your dietitian side of things and knowing all the stuff that you know, is there any like foods or Ooh. I don't know, like maybe energy drinks, something that people consume that you would be like, I would never put yeah. that in my body. I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. I really have kind of like an all foods fit approach. I think a lot of people are looking for like don't eat this and eat this, but it, a lot of times it's a little bit more of a gray area. So I always say like, unless the food is making you feel, feel like physically ill, like if you know that you really just don't feel well eating something, then I would say, you know, avoid that. But otherwise it's all about balance. And I think a lot of the, the stress piece comes into play, especially when you're dealing with these types of like hormonal issues, you might hear like, cut out gluten, cut out dairy, cut out this to help heal your hormones or whatever it is. And a lot of times it creates a lot more like mental stress and anxiety around food Mm -hmm. and that further exacerbates the issue. It prevents you from healing. So, you know, of course, like your healthier options are going to be like lots of fruits, lots of veggies, you know, all of those things that you already know. Um, but if you are really wanting an Oreo or if you're really <laughs> wanting to go out for pizza, like I'm like, go, go have it, you know, cause yeah. food can be for enjoyment as well. It's just about again, moderation with it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you try and stick to like looking for natural ingredients, organic, like when you're at the store, do you personally? Yeah. 
Yeah, sometimes whenever I'm able to being yeah. in a very small town, um, I know we have Golden Harvest, which is about, you know, 30 yep. minutes or so, but whenever I can, and if it's financially feasible, but I'm always like, you know, if you're choosing organic versus non-organic, you can have not organic foods that aren't necessarily as nutrient dense. So I'm like, just eat like eat the regular banana if you if you're having to choose between not eating it and eating the organic one. Awesome. Yeah, I just start thinking about like conspiracies and stuff which is, mm-hmm. you know, not great, but you think about like Funny. certain pesticides or like fertilizers and stuff on the food that you're eating, how do they regulate that for human consumption because they know that it causes certain side effects in the body? but it all feeds to like big pharma. (laughs) It's like maintaining that influx of like paying for medication. It keeps the world going round. And like, I sound like a little bit of a psycho, so I'll take a a step back. But like, you just have to think about certain things when you're like, Oh, this is no problem. Is it really, are you really not having an issue because of it? Like, I just think it's super cool. And I, I was going to say that I think it's awesome that you answered the way that you did and saying like, it's about balance and it's about what's mm-hmm. feasible for you. Cause for me personally, and I, I know that a lot of people would relate to this. There's so much going on in life. And mm-hmm. if there's just like a little bit of an issue and it's not completely changing my life, uh, if I'm having like symptoms of certain things, I'm not mm-hmm. going to devote that much time to it, you know? And if I try to with balancing the rest of my life, there's not a way there's no chance in hell that I'm going to be able to maintain that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of people are like nervous around dietitians. Like there's a Mm -hmm. dietitian that every contract I take as a traveling nurse goes around and it's like, has your weight changed? Has, you know, your diet changed? Have you lost weight without trying gain weight without trying? And like, it's such a personal question and such a like, yeah, I don't know, like insecurity across the board for a lot of people. I think men too, and that's not talked in, enough about, but just the yeah. fact that you're a dietitian and you're like, life is about balance. If you want a piece of pizza, go out and have a piece of pizza. Yeah. So like, right. I think that's, I not that. known, that's not known a, a lot when it comes to dietitians. Cause from my experience in working a whole bunch of different States, a lot of people assume the dietitians are going to be like, you can't eat that. You can't eat that. But that's not been my experience in working alongside them at all. Yeah, definitely. I would say a lot of, I can't speak for all dietitians, but I would say from my experience, the majority of us, like we're all foodies at heart. Like we love food (laughs) and we want other people to enjoy food too. So if you're nervous about like being judged by us, please don't. Like I would say that's a very small percentage of dietitians that are going to actually judge you on your food choices because we're right along with you. We like all the things that you do. That's awesome. You guys know when you were in like elementary and middle school, when they would make you take tests to be like, what kind of field you should go into as your career in the Mm -hmm. future. I would literally always get a nutritionist every single time. And I don't know why I didn't go after that. Cause I I just think it's a really interesting field and I like food. So I love food. (laughs) I guess that's a fun fact about Olivia. (laughs) is there anything else Carolyn that we didn't touch on obviously we want you to go ahead and highlight your social media any ways that people can get you know in in linked with what you're doing just let us know anything Mm -hmm. in the field is yours 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I feel like we covered just a lot of really good topics. Um, I think a lot of the main takeaways are just like advocating for yourself. And if you, you know, your body the best, I say this all the time. So if you feel like something is off, but like your doctor, provider, whatever is telling you like, oh, you're fine. Like dig a little bit deeper. Like, you know, your body the best. And likely if you think something is off, there probably is. Um, and there's always, you know, a way that you can help like overcome whatever you're feeling as well. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'd leave people with that. And then, um, as far as my social media, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, Instagram is at nutrition by Carolyn K. That's the same as my website too. So just add a .com at the end of that. (laughs) Um, and then on Facebook, you can just find me, you can search Carolyn Kelk. K-E-L-K. And in there, it'll have links to like my free Facebook group and all of that stuff if you're looking for some some more resources. Awesome. And to point out to the listeners, we're going to attach all of these uh, links to our show notes. So you'll be able to have really easy access to Carolyn as well, just in case. If you weren't writing it down. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much for your willingness to come on, be open, share about your own experience and your passion for helping other women. That is right up our alley. We want to empower women and our listeners. So thank you so so much. Yes. It was really cool. Thank you so, so much for listening to Wand Her with your girlfriends, Sandy and Olivia. We hope this chat has motivated you to chase those dreams, take hold of your mental health, or finally let out that inner weirdo. Maybe even all three. If you're a fan of what we do, we'd sincerely appreciate it if you subscribed and rated us five stars. Talk to you next time.